0: watched a movie last night, yeah, I've never seen this one before, yes, I swear, it's brand new, and I'm sharing it with
1: you, I watched a movie last night, and now I'm sharing it with you. September 18th, 1987, with a Metacritic score of a perfect 42. <laughs> JT, before today, had you even heard of Amazon Women on the Moon? I think maybe, but barely. Okay. Directed by... You ready? Sure. You ready? Yeah. It's going crazy, JT. We're going crazy today. I'm ready. Okay. Okay. Directed by the writer-producer of Tommy Boy, whose name is Robert Weiss. Okay. Joe Dante, who is pretty uh, accomplished director. He did Gremlins and Space and many other late 80s kind of stuff. Sure. Peter Horton, otherwise known as the St. Elsewhere guy. Yep. Uh, the guy who wrote Jaws 2. Okay. <laughs> and John Landis. John Landis? Who did like everything funny and you know if, if John Hughes did everything like touch felt and heartwarming of the eighties, John Landis did everything funny of the eighties. Can I ask a weird question?
0: Yeah, Carl uh, Gottlieb is the guy you're talking about, right? He's he did Jaws 2?
1: Yeah, did he I didn't al- commit this name to memory? Did he also write the Jerk? Oh, doubtful. You know me. Like, you know, okay, that's it's. We can, this we can is, pick it up. Check
0: on. This is like a weird Check piece it. of trivia that I think I might know because I uh, I think I learned from this podcast going back to Michael Kane one day talking about the money he made <laughs> on Jaws and I remember trying to find the writers of like the other Jaws and I remember that the writer of Jaws 2 who I think was Carl Gottlieb wrote the jerk going that's not possible.
1: Is that possible? It, it is in fact truth. He wrote Jaws 1 as well. I just thought it was more fun with the Jaws 2. Oh that's hilarious. Okay anyway keep going yeah uh so yeah we're already this many people into it but ready for some of this cast yes okay in an order that i randomized just to make it so bizarre just to point out how bizarre a cast we're talking about i don't think i can do this in one breath i was going to try that but forget (laughs) it bb king steve gutenberg mr police academy himself oh yeah rip taylor you know, which basically might as well be from the 18th century, as far as I can tell. <laughs> uh, I just mean like the co- that that comedy style is just so far gone. Uh, you're that guy Ed Begley Jr. Kelly Preston. Yep. My that guy Rosanna Arquette. Ralph Bellamy of uh, Trading Places. Yep. Andrew Dice Clay. Sure. Bernie Casey. Yep. Brian Cranston. So, this would be the movie that unites Brian Cranston with Bella Lugosi, <laughs> Robert Loggia, David Allen Greer, Carrie Fisher, Howard Hessman, Henny Youngman, Griffin Dunn, Phil Hartman, Arsenio Hall, and John Travolta's brother.
0: Holy 1980s, come at you.
1: <laughs> this, this might be the Kevin Bacon of movie casts. It's pretty wild. I've never like how do you tie together Bella Lugosi, which is again like not only Bella Lugosi is like two eras of Hollywood ago, right? Like Bella Lugosi is like old old school Hollywood, yeah, and Henny Youngman and all that with where people who are still acting today. So my note about this movie, JT, and then we'll go on to your five questions. This is basically SNL the movie, set mostly in the 1950s with the sort of a recurring bit actually no a definite recurring bit that's actually pretty awesome but where every skit is awesome and doesn't run on after the point at which it's no longer funny okay so this is actually leads
0: into my first question very well which is what in god's name is going on
1: yeah yeah yeah. i I figured i was kind of hoping i was hoping one of two things jt one was that you would actually try to find a way to make this one single story you had watched and were like not sure what to do with all that, but I really but then the other one was was sort of this question. is like what what am I seeing here? It's it's a sketch show. So uh, okay. there's the whole shtick is there's a movie in a movie. So you are it you what you're seeing is as if you had sat down to watch TV tonight and you put on a movie called on cable TV and so you turned to like or no this is like UHF. So you've turned to like channel like 18. Right. And and coming up tonight, and it's like 1953's Amazon Women on the Moon. Some things that occur, though, is they reintroduce it after. So there's commercial breaks. Okay. Okay. And the commercial breaks often have actual commercials. Sometimes they're these skits that make no sense. BB uh, King has a, is doing this ad for Black people with no soul. Right. Saw that. It's... <laughs> And it's great because like, I, I don't, it's not David Allen Greer. He's got a different bit in it, but basically it's like, you know, again, you could only do this in the eighties the same way. Uh, remember the the SNL bit where Eddie Murphy plays like a white guy undercover. Yes. It's sort of that, that kind of stuff. Anyhow, there's great sketches. And then after each one, you go back to watching Amazon women on the moon. What's fun about it though, is they do things like every time they introduce it, it's from a different year. So it's like 1954 classic. <laughs> The okay. 1953 hit, the you know yep. things like that, and then what happens is they sort of start telling the story over the whole hour and a half or however long the movie is, but the, every time it gets interrupted, it's like the reel broke or melted, like something has gone horribly wrong. It cuts to like you know uh, like a, one of the the interstitials of a cable channel, sure, and then when it comes back, you're far later in the plot, so there is no coherent storyline, and. It. Is great.
0: Okay. So this is basically if WandaVision and Saturday Night Live had a baby in the 80s.
1: WandaVision and SNL in the 80s. Ooh, that's, that's a nice one. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but each of the little skits take place in different eras. So there's like... um. But that's what like WandaVision if- did. WandaVision was right. As the show yeah. progressed,
0: they kept moving yeah. into different eras. But then they would intersperse with commercials But what you're saying is instead of having a cohesive plot line in the actual show, which WandaVision did have, they just are doing skit, skit, skit. Kind of the same story, but they're all over the place. Uh, Yeah, that's right. Okay. Uh, I'm oddly can get behind this, mostly just because cast. I'm so in it for this cast, which leads me to my second question. I want you to pick someone. I'm going to give you five people who are in this cast, and I want you to pick their career for you.
1: Pick their career.
0: So you you get to be one of these people. You get one of these people's career in Hollywood.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. All right.
0: Yep. Number one, David Allen Greer. Okay. Number two, Phil Hartman. Tragic ending, by the way. Number three, Joey Pants. Number four, Steve Gutenberg.
1: Number five... Peter Horton. Ooh, this is a really good question, JT, and I like the choices you made because there is no clear cut. There's not like um. There's not like a George Clooney. There's like
0: I couldn't go Cranston. I couldn't go Arsenio because those would have been the well Cranston at this point you wouldn't know that, but obviously now you pick Cranston. Arsenio Hall only if you stopped his career in 1994, I'd still probably take Arsenio Hall.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm thinking maybe it's just because we did the, the that guy's episode last week. I'm thinking I, I, I want a little little life in the life in the Joey Pants's pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll take swapping
0: pants with pants. I think it would probably be either. I, w- I would have guessed that you would have said either Joey Pants or David Allen Greer because they both just work and it's fun yeah. work and silly work and neither of them had a tragic ending because otherwise Phil Hartman is the best of the best of the best of the best for of all sure of
1: yeah i sort of ruled that out immediately cuz of tragic ending david alan Greer is also interesting because uh, he always he's always made me laugh His when he was on um in living color in oh. living blah in living color uh, he was one of my favorites on the show. He, 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 his ability to play both the straight man and the comic relief. like Not a lot of comedians can, can have that kind of range. and I, He's one of those under, yeah, I'm staying with Joey Pants. And by the way, how much would you like a TV show, interview talk show style called Swapping Pants with Pants?
0: I mean, it'd be great. It also is making me think of David Alan Greer, one of my favorite sketches he did, which is basically what we do now, which is called Men on Film. Uh, was one of the Oh like, yeah! Like two snaps and a twist, like what David Wayans was so good. So good. All right, number three. <laughs> change one actor or one plot line in this movie to make it serious, and can you do it? And what would it be?
1: <sighs> you want me? <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. How do you want me to do this? Take one? remember,
0: I didn't know what this movie was. Right. So I just watched it and assumed that somehow this all came together. So the question I wrote was either change one actor or one plot line and make this into a serious movie. Or maybe both. Maybe change one actor and one plot line. I don't know. The answer could also just be, now that I understand what happened, you might just be like, that's not a thing, dude.
1: It's not a thing, but I kind of want to make it a thing now. I kind of want to. I want to play it up a little more. Change one actor on one plot line. Well, there's there's an easy one, which is Ed Begley Jr. Does they, they do? I think it's called the son of the Invisible Man or the father, the, the, the brother, uncle, whatever, and he thinks he's invisible, but only he can't see himself, and and acts like a complete buffoon. So that one you could sort of change it to be the Invisible Man. Uh, okay. Oh man, I wish I just had the list of all the sketches, just to because I'm sure there'd be a couple that just absolutely ring out I me. Mean, there's, there's this. I mean, the opening bit with Arsenio Hall getting getting wrong phone call, uh, wrong number phone calls back when that was a thing, right? Uh, is is pretty good actually. What if we take that one? So in this one, he keeps getting this wrong wrong number. Someone keeps calling him, trying to reach someone named Stella. It could be that. And then he, he gets a little nutso about it. It could be more like a descent into madness from, from nonstop wrong number dialings or something. So that, that was, so this is
0: where I, in hearing what this movie's about, this is the only way that I could frame this with, again, I have no context for it, but would be, is there some way to make all the sketches like multiple personalities or slowly becoming unhinged when you sleep so, it's like literally multiple realities. So, it, the, the one actor you change is you introduce somebody on top of this who, and then all of these other things are happening in their actual life, but they see themselves as somebody else. I don't know, something like sci fi ish.
1: Well, I mean, there's definitely ample opportunity for that. Okay. Okay.
0: All right. I like it. Uh, question four you know, the, the next two, you know what's coming. So, question four is, we got to place a favorite character in this movie, which given this is really exciting, you could. probably, I'm going to challenge you a little bit. How many can you place?
1: Right. You know, as, as soon as you started going there, I'm like, I'm going to put them all in right as you go.
0: Right. Okay. So number one, Fave Zane.
1: Yeah. I wish, oh man, I wish I could really quickly find the list of all the sketches. Cause it's so worth it. So Billy Zane, Fave Zane. <laughs> Okay, I'm looking at I'm looking at the cast as my inspiration. So there's a scene, there's a sketch where Griffin Dunn from After Hours, yeah, Griffin Dunn is playing a uh, a doctor. What's the what's the baby doctor? A pediatrician. And, the baby doctor. You know the baby doctor. He's misplaced the baby.
0: I love. And that. so he does
1: this shtick where he draws on his hand like eyes and lipstick (laughs) and like does the gesture as if like, and puts a like swaddles his arm. I love this. I think I can see Billy Zane pulling that one off.
0: All right. I think
1: so. Give me next.
0: That's great. Cold Nicole.
1: Cold Nicole. Okay. Uh, Well, can I, can I change the age just for the sake of? Sure. Okay. So either she could take Michelle Pfeiffer's role in that same segment with Griffin Dunn as the mom who's going a little meltdowny trying to find her daughter um, or the, the kid. I don't remember. It's a doctor. I, I kind of think that might be my favorite one. Um <laughs> Well, yeah, I think, I think that's the right one for her. I think I'm going to stick with that. I think that's my choice.
0: Okay. Discount Johnny Depp.
1: Skeet Ulrich. He strikes me as would have been. Ooh, the Steve Gutenberg bit. You know, the, the, no, David Allen Gru, you can't, you can't replace David Allen Gru's bit. Um, There's a voice thing. No, all right, I got it. So the Invisible Man one I was referencing before, I think I could have, I think I could have had Skeet being this wacky, Cause he does, you know, I haven't seen that much of his work, but he does seem to have a nice comedic uh, styling to himself. So I think he could have pulled that one off.
0: Okay. Baby Quaid.
1: Baby Quaid. I think we're definitely putting him for Steve Gutenberg.
0: Yeah. I, I that just just physically alone that makes sense.
1: Yeah, that one. That's that's a skit. It was called I, I'm looking at the list of titles now, I finally got it. Two IDs. I remember this uh he's it's like a phone date which is like a blind like he goes on like a tinder that was made on like a phone calling dating i don't remember how it worked but like he gets on this blind date matched up by computer or something with Roseanne arquette and she's asking for like identification and references as a date and stevengenberg's like calling old girlfriends and like then she gets on the phone with him and laughs at him and all that kind of stuff i think i think that could have been the one all
0: right and last but not least max cage
1: um max cage takes the arsenio hall bit from the beginning he uh he starts off because it's perfect for him he starts off as like normal cage but as each call comes in and it's getting worse and crazier he goes like fully bonkers he descends into madness which feels like the max cage all right yeah, yeah.
0: so question five the last one again i didn't necessarily know what kind of movie this was so picking my scale was hard so it felt like a sci-fi comedy from the 80s So on a scale from Howard the Duck to Gremlins, what do you rate Amazon Women on the Moon?
1: You know, it's funny that you put Gremlins in there, given that the writer, uh, I'm sorry, the director, Joe Dante, did Gremlins. Unintentional. Of course. I think I'm going to have to go with... I'm going to go with a Ridiculous Love Actually as my answer. Oh, interesting. Only because it's like got multiple storylines, I, I have to find a way to tie that in here. And there's there's not a lot of movies that are really actually sketch comedy ensembles, right? I'm trying to think right now of in real time of a movie where it's not really one coherent movie, but sort of jumps from scene to scene under the guise of being a movie. In a way, almost like Scott Pilgrim ish.
0: Yeah, but there is a there is a through line in Scott Pilgrim. But I see what yeah. you're saying, though. Yeah, that's it's it's interesting. These don't exist the way they did in the '80s.
1: Yeah, the answer is um, the answer is SNL, Best of the 80s. That's perfect. That's perfect. All
0: right, Jeremy, uh, this was wonderful. I don't know what I'm going to do about being able to send people uh, this particular trailer because there's nudity in it, which is a new problem for us to solve. Thank you very much, 1980s. Uh, but as always, folks, if you have a movie that you want Jeremy to pitch to me, or if you're, you know what, maybe you're a millennial. We haven't really, I haven't pitched you millennial stuff yet. So if you've, got stuff, if you've got stuff that you want me to pitch to Jeremy, uh hit us on the Twitters or the Instagrams or the emails. What, what? The emails. Otherwise, thanks for joining the Lo-Fi Town 5.
1: Now the time has come for leaving fear. Now we shall return. We were so glad we could make it, but so sad we got to run. Well, it might be a long time till we raise another glass Rest assured that next time we'll have ourselves a laugh. Yeah, we'll have ourselves a laugh.